This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Live every weekday here at 3 on ESPN Asheville. And uh, it's been a fun day. It's been a fun day here in the Ingalls studio. Oh, your definition of fun and mine are a little different. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had the story about uh, Adam Schefter this morning just taking over the social media sphere. And, yeah, uh, Jeremy, you've stepped in it now. You've definitely I didn't stepped step in, in anything. <laughs> no, you didn't. I, I don't really understand <laughs> what it is that people want. And and I'll be honest with you, I've gone down a slew of rabbit holes here of, okay, explain it to me. See, that's one of those questions that nobody ever seems to want to ask on social media. Mm-hmm. Okay, I said something, and you disagree with me. So instead of posting memes and gifts and all <laughs> your cute little things, maybe you should explain it to me. All right. And here is what I have come to understand the discrepancy is. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter reports news. He does news stories. Yep. We do opinions Mm -hmm. because we're a talk show. Mm -hmm. There is a little difference there. However, the, the, the masses on the whole want information. That's what you want. That's the reason you tune into shows like this. This is the reason you go to ESPN.com. That's what you're after. You're mm-hmm. not here to just hear us talk about uh, the, the the wall coverings or how comfortable the chair we're sitting in is. And if that's what you want, there are things that... I'm not saying it's a quid pro quo, because it's not. But people that know things, they know that that's a tangible thing. Mm-hmm. And so, would I personally have sent an article fully for somebody to verify? Maybe not. I don't know. I don't write articles. Mm -hmm. What I will tell you is I have sources that are within these teams, and every time we go to do a story like that, you know what the number one thing I do between 2 and 3 o'clock before the show is? I text them and go, this is what I understood you to say. Is that what you would still like to go with? And I kind of feel like those are the same things. Because this Adam Schefter story has come out, and here's what I don't think anybody seems to be wrapping their heads around. He didn't say, "I'm." you'd rewrite it, and I'm going to send it in. Right. He said, you look over it. If there's any discrepancies, right. edit it as you will. I'm running it at 6 a.m. Yeah. First hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. And, yes, if you're unfamiliar with what we're talking about, this morning more emails came to light in... The investigation to the Washington football team and Bruce Allen's emails, all the everything that uh, you know spurred the John Gruden res- resignation. Now it's hit Adam Schefter because in some of the emails that were uncovered in a lawsuit between Bruce Allen and Daniel Snyder of the Washington football team, the owner and the former GM, Daniel Snyder has been involved in a legal battle 
over defamation with a marketing firm or a, a media outlet from India who said that he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein and all of the sex trafficking and all of that. Well, they wanted Bruce Allen to be involved, and Bruce Allen said no. So they had to file a lawsuit to get Bruce Allen involved to give up some information as to what he knew about the the accusations that were made in the Indian media and all of that. Now, in all of this, they they provided these emails of between him and Adam Schefter because Bruce Allen said, I have never been a source for a reporter or any media outlet. And apparently that's not true. And that's absolutely not true because the email between Adam Schefter and Bruce Allen shows that in 2011 there was a story Adam Schefter was writing about the lockout. And he was using an unnamed source, someone who's high up in the room and who knows about the uh, negotiations going on with the NFLPA. By the way, uh, sources also known as the lifeblood of all forms of journalism, whether it's this, writing, anything else like that. Yes. And um, he sent the unpublished article to Daniel Snyder and said... Quote, please let me know if you see anything that should be added, changed, tweaked. And then he ended the email with what anyone with a brain would consider a joke for him to say, thanks, comma, Mr. Editor, comma, for that and the trust. Plan to file this to ESPN at about 6 a.m. Now, don't everybody... make jokes. I'm just let right, me just be honest. Right. In emails, don't make jokes. Well, Adam Schefter, that is the, in my opinion, that's the one mistake you made mm-hmm. because that is the big you mistake don't you made. Do that. There is a moral ethics thing here to one-sided journalism, things like that. What nobody seems to want to say. The other side of this was in the story too. Mm-hmm. We don't even know if anything right. changed. No, no, we don't. We don't know if anything was changed in the story. And Jeremy, when he. Jeremy posted on social media, basically, tell them what you said. Basically, what I was saying is if you're outraged by this, you don't really understand how the platform works. Now, here's where I boo-booed in that, because I didn't add one word. Mm -hmm. Now. You don't understand how this works now, Mm -hmm. especially in the NFL. It is like pulling teeth to get information from certain places. If you don't have sources of any kind, you cannot do what we do. Indeed. You can't. Indeed. Straight up, you can't do it. I mean, you can sit here and spout opinions for two hours if you want to. Mm-hmm. But the first time you get something they said to you wrong, because it's not all that hard to figure out who your sources are. Twitter and social media and all those things. They've made it, I'm not going to say made it easy, but you can kind of read, you can read between the tea leaves of where these things come from. You might not be able to narrow it down to a person. But you could narrow it down to a few people. And so I'm just looking at all this going, I don't thoroughly understand. And it took me down another rabbit hole of there are two ways this can go. Mm-hmm. Because this email thing with the Washington football team is going to get markedly worse before oh, it gets absolutely. better. Oh, absolutely. If we'll you think John Gruden and Adam Schefter are going to be the only two people that get God in this, I have a bridge to sell you. But now you have to get into the into the realm of journalistic integrity. Mm-hmm. It would be one thing if this came out and Adam Schefter had said, because we also don't know what happened before it or after it. 
it would be one thing if this had come out and it was Bruce Allen fires one back and says, no, I hate the tenor of all of this. And and you make us sound so bad and blah, blah, blah. And then you read the article and it's completely different. Mm-hmm. From the best of what I could tell, nothing changed. So is it in, and I've had journalists and blue check marks and all these things. I get what you're saying. I do. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Here's what people don't seem to be understanding, is that we have gotten out of the information era. At this point, you listen to the show at 3 o'clock every day. It's not because we have, and we're not breaking down box scores, and we're not breaking down play-by-plays or anything like that. It's opinions. Mm-hmm. That's what we all do. Everybody in this medium, that's what we do. Yep. Where do you think our opinions come from? It's not just, hey, we watch something and we go, no, sir, I don't like it. (laughs) Or, yeah, I like that a lot. No, it's we talk to people in the industry and they tell us things. Now, does does that mean that we're going to sugarcoat things? I don't believe anybody could accuse me of sugarcoating anything. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people question my journalistic integrity. First of all, I'm not a journalist. I'm not. Right. I don't walk for, work for the Boston Herald or the Washington Post or any of those things. I work for ESPN Radio. Mm-hmm. That is what we do. And we are asked every day to give our opinions and be entertaining. And so we tell jokes and we do all this. I don't really know what you want. If you want opinions, they're going to have to come from somewhere. If you want information, which is apparently all that anybody wants from Adam Schefter, which is baffling to me. It has to come from somewhere. We can't just generate it. We can't just go talk to a urinal cake and it tell us what it is that we're after. Right. There's only so many people that know these things. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, Darren Ravel and myself and several other people that work for this network in different forms and fashions, we defended Adam Schefter. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because he has a pretty spotless reputation within this company for 10 years. He's done amazing work, and there's a reason that people trust him with information. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, oh, this I look to him for trades and things like right. that. Why do you think he knows that? Just, add it, just you know, I, I'm not one of these. And one of the things I can't stand <laughs> is people that live in this world of unicorns and rainbows and mermaid tears and things like that. I just don't function that way. I, I don't know if you have to, certain people have to be walked down the path of how things go. But it, it, it's all... Universal. Yeah, it's where do you, where, where do you think the information comes from that Adam Schefter gets? Why do you think it is that he's able to put out the information before anybody else gets it? Because he has these relationships. Because he has these dare I say sources within the w- within the football world that will give him a heads up or that will talk to him uh, as anonymous sources. The biggest thing I had a problem with it when I saw the story the first thing this morning was Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk had put the article out and I went. This is just wrong. Like I don't understand why you're putting this out there that this that Bruce Allen was his source on this story because it's gotcha. That that's right. what the, uh, Greg Tingley no, who I, has, I mean, has become literally of there's maybe six people on the planet Earth that are the reason I still keep a Twitter mm-hmm. and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And he's and I don't have the tweet pulled up in front of me, but he said something to the effect of a lot of what happens in journalistic things now is gotcha stories. You did this, I found out about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Let me just ask a theoretical question here. And, and I'm going to use the NFL because that's the medium that I cover and know better than... Why do you think it is that Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter and Jay Glazer get the inside on every story? 
You ever find that to be weird? That some guy from the Topeka Herald didn't get the story on, oh, I don't know, Tom Brady going to the Patriots. Right. Or Stephon Gilmore going to the, to the Panthers. Tank can verify this. I told him that was coming before it did. Yep. Do you know why? Because somebody that would know told me that. Did I, did I tell you who that was? No. no. Did I paint it in a nicer narrative because somebody told it to me? No. no. I was given information, which gave me a two-hour head start on a show we did in the afternoon for me to build my opinion. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me speak on it any nicer, but that person also knows that I'm not going to throw their name out on this air or things like that. Right. It's a give and take. Right. You don't burn your sources as, a, 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 as a reporter, and, and by the way, as a talk show host, as somebody who's connected, as an NFL insider. If you're going to give out unnamed information or, or, or un, you know, um, anonymous information, you don't do that. And, and that's just how this business works mm-hmm. at this point. And, and that's it's what why, you ask for. And we live in a social media age where everybody's on everything. Mm-hmm. Something happens, and everybody knows it within 45 seconds because of Twitter. Right. And that's where I had a problem with Mike Florio's story this morning was, why would you burn, why, why would you burn somebody else's source? Now, this is public information. It came out in, an, in, in, a, in a court case and all of that. And so looking at that and, and knowing where the information came from now, that's fine. It's now public record. Everybody knows. But here's the thing. I don't find any fault in what Adam Schefter did because here's the thing: you don't know how it went down. No, as you've no already context. said, right? As you've already said, we don't know that he sent the story to Bruce Allen and Bruce Allen said, "Oh, you got to change this, 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 and this." We and don't that know would be that. a problem. Or if he had somebody write it for him and said, no, this is the one you need to publish, that would be a problem. I have zero problems with a reporter sending a, a full story to somebody and saying, this is what I'm going to publish. Do you have a problem with it? Tell me if I need to tweak anything, if, it, if, you're, if your case is misrepresented. It doesn't mean that he's changing uh, you know, the opposite side of the story or what. It's, do you have a problem with what you said to me? Now... Some people will say, well, you shouldn't send the whole story. You shouldn't send them the other side of it. They need to read that when it comes out. And I'll be honest with you, I can get down with that. And that's and that that truly is the more accepted slash ethical way to do journalism. And, and that's all well and good. Mm-hmm. And here's what I learned that I never went to journalism school. I'll just I'll be as blunt about that as I can. Right. I am a stand-up comedian that my partner here just so happened to meet in a bar one time, and he went, "Hey, you're funny, and you kind of know sports." We started doing this, and very quickly we went, "Huh? There's something to this." Right. So before you go, I got you. You don't have a degree that you're right. Why do you think I started everything I said with? I'm not not a a journalist. I don't play one on television. Right. I don't want to play one in a movie. I'm not. Right. I'm a reasonably funny guy with opinions. Now, Tank, on the other hand, he has some journalistic background. A little bit. And he does hosting and buttons and all these radio (laughs) things. He's the radio guy. I'm not that. And I'll be honest with you, that's one of the things I love about this show so much, is that we don't take things that seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's the bigger narrative here. Look, That's where I wanted to get with this, is this is sports. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do we have to do this? In, the John Gruden thing, I get. Mm-hmm. You said some deplorable things. I understand why people were upset, I, and I understand why you no longer have a job. That I get. Mm-hmm. Adam Schefter did something in a way that 
you didn't like mm-hmm. because you and if I saw the Society of Journalistic Integrity one more t- I swear to you <laughs> oh that was the social distancing of today right. that was just a term that I was over it about right. the 50th time I saw it and then the next minute passed right I get all of those things here's what I'm saying we're at a different point in the world we're at a point in the world where everybody with a computer and a, and a precursory knowledge of people can find out information. Mm-hmm. This job is really hard. And I'm not saying this because we're on a network with Adam Schefter. I would say this about Ian Rappaport or Jay Glazer or any of these fantastic people that do this job. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's from 10 years ago. <laughs> it is from 10 years ago. But I, I, and, and I understand why people are upset about it. And I understand why hardcore journalists who went to school for seven years to study journalism. and you know I understand why they're upset because it, it is against the norms. Adam Schefter did not do the proper ethical quote-unquote thing here. It's not the industry standard you've seen that you've probably seen that uh, phrase thrown around a lot it's not the industry standard to send somebody an entire article and say hey what needs to be tweaked well, here's it, the th- you know what else is- but here's the question here's the thing is it wrong no it's not wrong unless you changed your story and that we do not know no and so everybody who wants to jump on jeremy for uh you know not being a journalist and not going to journalism school and all this kind of stuff look i I am by no means, I do not have a doctorate in journalism, but I have worked in the news media before, before I did this job. I went to, quote unquote, journalism school, took a lot of journalism classes, went through ethics and law and all of that kind of stuff. It's outside of the industry standard, but it's not wrong, and here's unless the, you change your story. And I agree with that. And here's the other thing. You know what's not, you know what's outside of the norm? The fact that guys like, uh, what's his name, Mike Mitchell? Is that the, the SEC roll call guy? Yeah. Mike Mitchell and Annie Ager and all of these wonderful people that do social media content, that's out of the norm, too. And guess what? These people that are going by your industry standards, they have to battle those people, too. Right. And guess what? None of them have. Journalism degrees. Mm-hmm. And so you're competing for clicks and all these other things. And that's the narrative that I'm trying to get to. Uh, that, that's, the, that's where I wanted to go with this. Okay. Stop with the gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's one thing when it's the John Gruden story. When I look at this, this is not a gotcha. This is he did something that you wouldn't do. More power to you. Do you still do it? Mm-hmm. That was the number one question I asked 50 times today. And you know what I got? Well, no. Okay, but, then go away. Right, but do you not see where this all started? I, I know where this started. It's it's in a we're in a gotcha society, mm-hmm. and Adam Schefter is the highest end of this business. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, we live in a culture and a society where people can't just enjoy things that are given to them. We have to go, I don't care that I know everything in the NFL 17 seconds after it happens. I want you to do it the right way. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, get out your abacus and whatever encoded Morris code, because I don't know, I think it's a telegraph, but I'm not sure, Yeah, and and do it your way. That's fine. I don't care. I, I don't personally care about this. But trying to just vilify somebody because they didn't do it your way makes no sense to me. And this is the, we live in a today society. Mm -hmm. We live in a right now, every second, every minute. You cannot be late on these stories and be 
Adam Schefter. But this isn't about being first, and this isn't about being right. This is about throwing shade at the biggest media company in the world, or biggest sports media company in the world. This is about throwing barbs at ESPN, and I'm not just I, I'm not just saying this because I'm on an ESPN affiliate station. I am not paid by ESPN, and neither am I. I have no connection to that. We are owners of Green Spencer Media LLC, and if you would like to send us all of the all, you know all of the hate mail, all of the all of that, send it on. But listen. Here's the thing. This was pro football talk. This was Mike Florio. This was everybody who's up against Adam Schefter, who is the 500-pound gorilla in the room. This is all of them looking at him and going, oh, look, he didn't follow this rule. I bet we can get people to believe that he's wrong. I I bet we can get some people to believe that he doesn't do things ethically and that he's just a mouthpiece for the league and that he's going to change his tune however he wants the, you know, the owners want him to do things. And and I fully, this is what this was about. And I fully believe, I fully believe. And you know what? This might not come out to be true, but it might. There are a lot of people that do what we do that went, he's being crushed for that. Uh huh. And they're gnawing their fingernails down to the bone, going, man, I hope they stopped at email 100,943. Because if they didn't, there's another one in there where I didn't do something up to code. Yep. But you know what? Why can we not just enjoy the content? Who looks at Adam Schefter and goes, he's just a PR mouthpiece for the. He's the most informative human on the planet Earth when it comes to the NFL. Why do you have to try to vilify that? Why can you not just take sports for what it is? Sit back, enjoy the entertainment, mm-hmm. and enjoy the ride. We'll stop using the word journalism then. Okay. I don't care what. I don't call, call it what you want to. You call it tiddlywinks for all I care. Mm-hmm. There is zero part of me that would get offended by that. Yeah, because and, and that's the the tenor of the show that we enjoy doing. Yeah, is that we come in here and you know what? There are so many shows that do all of the political things and all the other things, and we don't want to do that. We're sports guys that want to come in here and tell stupid stories about rocks falling out of the sky. Yes, I'm doing a story about that later. Yep, and, and tell jokes and enjoy the narrative that is sports. That's what we like to do. That's what we're going to continue to do. And in my opinion. And in the words of the immortal Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, unfortunately, this is not over, though. Unfortunately, it's not going to end here. John Gruden, Adam Schefter, they're just the first. Like you said, we've only seen, what, 12 emails out of 650,000? I told you yesterday. And you told you told me, and mm-hmm. then I thought about it, and I agreed with you. Mm-hmm. It's going to get worse before it gets better. There ain't no doubt about that. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I am Clarissa Marshall with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. It's PN Asheville. It's 92.9 FM, 880 AM. And 14, how to the sports tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And, uh, yeah, it's, I guess I guess it is what it is. That's, that's... It is what it is. Uh, anyway, the NFL continues to be in a, in a state of flux after all of this. And like we said, it ain't over yet. No. I still just find it terribly, terribly, uh, 
convenient, I guess. At this point, John Gruden and Adam Schefter, they're the fall guys right now I, for Daniel Snyder. I was about to say, somehow a, an email leak from the Washington Reds, or Washington football oh, team. Oh, oh. I almost did Don't that. do racism. Don't, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> I kept reading, reading stories today because that's, right. that was the team name when this happened. Right. Somehow a leak from that team has gotten the coach of the Las Vegas Raiders and an analyst for ESPN. How in the world does that happen? Because this is all that we've got so far. So far. See, that's the thing. The NFL. This is also a victim of a slow news right, day. Right. When, the, when ESPN.com on the main page is talking about the NBA teasing their uniforms, <laughs> you can pretty much rest assured this is probably a bit of a slow hey, news there's, day. There's a new website that's going to show us what uniforms every team's going to wear before their games this year. Woo! So, uh, at least I'll have the heads up not to tune into any Miami Heat games when they have those god-awful uniforms. They retired those. They're gone. Thank God. They're, uh, uh, no. Yes, that, they're bad. They were bad, 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 bad. The, those Vice City uniforms are not good at all. They were fantastic, and Miami Vice was a great show. You do not slander Don Johnson. He allowed me to wear a suit jacket with a shirt for many years. Hey, I liked Miami Vice. That was a cool TV show. But I never that saw color the TV scheme show. is god-awful. I never anyway, saw the TV show, but I would still rock that the, the style the boat shoes right. with the suit with the shirt instead of the oh yeah I'd still do that just just let me let me preface this with um, there are going to be many 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 more days to talk about this six hundred fifty thousand emails still to come out from the NFL and somebody's going to get them somebody's going to get them some way somehow whether the NFLPA is able to get them from the league or some enterprising reporter is going to get them. There are going to be way more people that go down for this than we ever expected. You thought it was going to be limited to Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen and that whole front office and the the sexual harassment and all those things that went on there? Nope. This is going to burn a lot of people as we go down the path. These are just the first two. Now, obviously, it's cost John Gruden his job. Adam Schefter's in no danger. No. But these are just the first two to take heat over what is going to be a tsunami of outrage coming from all of these emails being disclosed. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Probably one of the more asinine things that I have, uh, I have seen or heard or read today is comments from the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Irsay. I don't know if he was drunk when he said this, but he might have been. With Jim Irsay, it would not surprise me. (laughs) Uh, He took to Twitter yesterday, and he was telling everybody, just don't worry. He said, Colts Nation, don't worry. We're going to get the horseshoe at least two Lombardis in the next decade. As sure as the sun rises and the seasons change, it's coming. I don't want you to doubt that ever. You will see greatness. Believe that, and you will see. I love the enthusiasm. I love the, God, let's go. You better pay off on it, though. If you are going to go out there and tout, uh, I mean, how much crap did LeBron James get over the years of not one, not two, not seven, not twelve? Yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't pay off on those promises. Jim Irsay is putting himself in the same situation as the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. 
Two Super Bowls in a decade. That's, that's quite a lofty goal that you have there. I think he's completely out of his mind. I don't think a Super Bowl, one Super Bowl in the next 10 years is in the realm of possibility at this moment. Looking at this Indianapolis Colts team, I don't even, I don't think that's within their reach. Now, they're not a horrible team. We've talked about them a lot. All the pieces of that team that I do like. But one game, or I guess I should say three quarters of a game, watching Carson Wentz play like an, an actual, you know, real NFL quarterback, should not be sending Indianapolis Colts fans down a path of, yeah, we're going to rule the, the NFL for the next decade. It's not going to happen, brother. No, you're not good. Uh, and, and Carson Wentz has about one good game in him every three years. <laughs> That's what it seems like. But I think this is probably the most asinine thing I've seen today. I, I understand having faith, but you, you, you're making promises. You're, you're, you're letting your mouth uh, write checks that your butt can't cash. My dad always told me, never do that. And this is Jim Ursay just sticking his foot right in his mouth. Because I can fully see that in 2031, this is going to be brought back up. Of, hey, remember that time Jim Ursay said we were going to win two Super Bowls in this past decade? And guess what? Here we are. We're the eighth worst franchise in the NFL. I don't think the future is that bleak for the Indianapolis Colts. But that's the kind of risk you run when you say things like this. Now they're going to expect a winner. And here you go. Jim, what you need to do, you need to find a quarterback. Well, he's already tried that once. Unless you can go out and you can get Deshaun Watson or... Well, that's not happening. I understand that. But that's what I'm saying. But he needs that type of a quarterback to start making promises like this. Dallas Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs has set the league ablaze. He set new records in Week 5 as he grabbed his sixth interception this season during a dominant win over the New York Giants. That broke the Cowboys franchise record for most interceptions to begin a season, and he is currently on pace to shatter the interception record by legendary defensive back Everson Walls. Mm -hmm. But he's not done. He wants to do more. Okay. He has been bugging Dak Prescott to take snaps at wide receiver. Yes! And I don't know that it's a bad idea. Because, you know, that's exactly what the Cowboys need. More weapons. Because that's mm-hmm. I look at Dallas quite often and go, man, you know, if they had some more position players, this team would just be really electric. But what a handy little tool that could be. Here's something I didn't know. He was actually a wide receiver in college. And I'm sure I knew this. I'm sure it's written in a notebook somewhere. And I just... Right. Nick Saban converted him to corner. He came to Alabama as a as wide receiver. A wide receiver. Huh? I mean... It obviously runs in the family. And he was asked uh, what, when, when Saban changed his position what he did. He said, I was hurt at first, honestly. I called my brother and his brother, Stefan Diggs, of right. the Buffalo Bills. I was crying. He's not the type to say it's okay. He was like, come on, time to go to work. Mm-hmm. That's, I, you know, I, I just like, I, I like the Diggs brothers a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And now Dak Prescott has said Diggs thinks he's a receiver. Every week he's asked me for reps at receiver. Relax, but when you catch a uh, when you see a catch like his interception against the Giants, maybe we can talk again. You better talk again. 
I'm just saying, you know, late in the game, it's tied up. It's, you know, 33 to 33. You're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. What what better could you ask for for some kind of a sneaky little play where Trayvon Diggs just happens to come out on the field? Nobody really picks up on it at first, and then, bam, you hit a big one over the top. Yeah, I... Yeah, no. You don't think that's going to work? No, it's not. Why not? Because people would see Trayvon Diggs on the field and go, nope, no, sir, I don't like it. That's where that ball's going? I don't know why you're out here, but I feel like something is afoot. (laughs) But I do like that he was that open and honest about it. Like It broke my heart when I got converted from wide receiver to corner. And now I would love to take snaps at at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And I think he should. He has more interceptions than 27 NFL teams. Uh-huh. And probably has more than 12 or 15 combined. Uh, my Jets with virtually every, <laughs> and not virtually, literally every team on that list. Because we have zero. Oh, your poor Jets. That's so, that's so sad. So sad. This morning in the Sportsocracy, we were talking about the uh, the power rankings for week six in the NFL. You want to check out that episode, of course, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash thesportsocracy. We do power rankings every Wednesday. And we had some we had some big risers this week. We had some fallers as well. And it always stays with, uh, or, or this week it stayed with the Buffalo Bills at number one. And I'll be honest with you, there's nothing that's going to change that. I don't see anything that could happen short of Josh Allen being abducted by space aliens that's going to lead me anytime soon to not believe the Bills are the best team in the league. Right. A loss would change that for me, but I don't see them losing. A loss would change nothing for me. Mm-hmm. The loss didn't change much. I, when they lost to the Steelers, I only dropped them a spot. Mm-hmm. Because you still believe that they're one of the they they are the best team in the league. It takes a lot to change my mind. Mm-hmm. Like now, the Chiefs are two and three. I still have them at nine, and I think I'm probably too low. Well, I've, I've looked at that all. Day. It's been on our screen in the studio all mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and every time I look over at that, I'm like, Kansas City just looks wrong. That that, that doesn't. I don't like that. No, it's not going to be there forever. See that that's my tack with all of the power ranking stuff is that. It's it, it it's not an end all be all. It's not a hey, you suck and you've fallen from number one or number two. I kind of think it was the highest I ever had them in my power rankings. Obviously, because Tampa was number one at the beginning of the season. But it's it's not an end all be all. It's where you are right now. And right now, this is not the best team in the NFL. Right now, this is not a top five team in the NFL. You can't be two and three and be a top five team. Now, do you have top five talent? Absolutely. Do you have a top five coach? Definitely. You're going to be there at the end, but it's been a rough stretch. It's been a rough start to the season. You got some things to work out. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's in the media every day being quoted as talking about, you know, giving up the four turnovers this past week. It's going to happen. You're going to have bad weeks. And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, to me, they're, I mean, they're, they're in the top ten. This is the best you can do as a two and three team. Every other two and three team's down at 20 right now. Uh, one of them is sitting right behind the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> for me. Oh, for the, the San Francisco 49ers? 
I just I don't give up on teams easily. Mm-hmm. I go into a se- and I do have to say this. I feel like I should have to say this on the show because I've bashed this team so many times. The Cincinnati Bengals are officially <laughs> at sixteen. Yes, I have finally come around on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, do I believe you're going to win many more games? No. no. Do I believe your offense is lethal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also believe you need a new coach. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you have one of those, you're going to be real good. Mm-hmm. Not going to be dusted uh, in every game like we thought you were. You proved that this past week against Green Bay. The other thing I noticed doing props this, where they are. half of this league is bad. Yep. And, I, when, and when I say bad, I don't mean... Normal, oh, they could make the playoffs but not make a run. I mean, somebody's going to make the playoffs that's not good. And I can't tell you if it's the New Orleans Saints or the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. Yeah, but you don't know that New Orleans is not good. I don't I mean, when think that talent come when the talent comes back. At the very least, they're wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing I could say. Worst thing I could say, you're bad. And you seem to catch teams on weird weeks. Every other week. Right. New Orleans, to me, is a team that's up and down, but I think there's going to be stability as it comes later in the season. I don't I don't foresee us having a, a, an issue where a bad team is going to make the playoffs. It's just re- it's really hard to win games in the NFL. Super hard. And I think this year is... I mean, I, I think it's partially an anomaly... A small anomaly, maybe, is is what I'm looking for. I just... There's a stat that came out yesterday, I believe it was, that so far through the first five weeks of the season, there have been 21 games decided by three points or fewer. 21 of them! That's the third highest total through five weeks in NFL history. Mm-hmm. I guess I just don't see it as as that clear cut that there are that many bad teams in the NFL. I have 16 of them. Are the Seattle Seahawks bad? But now they are. Yeah, they're 17. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers bad? <laughs> yeah, they're 18. How about the Denver Broncos? Yeah, they're 19. Yeah. Indianapolis Colts? Uh-huh. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to do this all the way through 32 teams because right. I'm guessing you can assume who the next 12 teams are. Right. They're not good. I'm looking at both both conferences in the NFL, just staring at the standings, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking back to what I said in the offseason. Who to have win in the AFC East? Oh, in the offseason? Yeah. yeah, NFC East. Was AFC the, East. Oh, the AFC East uh, was the, the number Buffalo one Bills. team on the board. Yeah. There you go. Who to have win in the AFC North? The Tennessee Titans. Oh, they're, they're in the South. You're bad at this game. I'm AFC sorry. North was the Baltimore Ravens. not working right now. AFC North was the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. AFC South was the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. AFC West was the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. You can't give that a you bell. You can't give that a bell. You can't give that a bell. <laughs> the East was the Dallas Cowboys. North was the Green Bay Packers. South was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. West was the LA Rams. Eesh. It's early. It is very early. And I'll be honest with you. If you told me I went a solid 8 for 8 in that, would mm-hmm. I be surprised? No. Right. Oh, but the Chargers are two games ahead. Right? Yeah, it's five games in the season. Mm-hmm. We have 12 more left. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, the entire season looking from pretty much the two, three weeks after the draft until now, I have not drastically changed my mind on more than three teams. Because mm-hmm. the Raiders are better than I thought they were. 
But I don't know how this Gruden thing's going to affect them. Right. I know it affected them against Chicago. Mm-hmm. The Bengals are better than I thought they were. I don't know that your record's going to reflect that. And then I look at bad teams and go, yep, that pretty much knew you were all going to be bad. The Indianapolis Colts are probably the one that I'm looking at going, you're mm-hmm. worse than I thought you were. Mm-hmm. And Seattle with Russell Wilson, but I wasn't real high on them anyway. I mean, the lowest the lowest team in the power rankings right now that we thought was going to be good this year is the Washington football team. And I tried to, and I even came off that. Now, did I think they would be this, this bad. bad defensively? Right. No. No. I thought the defense would lead them to be one of those teams that you watch because uh, you lost your remote and they're playing on Fox. But if their defense was what we thought it would be, obviously this would be a markedly better team. This would easily be a team that's in the top half of the league if the defense lived up to what we what we thought it was going to be. For some reason, it has not gelled together. How bad does it get? How bad does it get for the Washington football team? The schedule's ugly. No, I'm saying as a team. Like, Ron Rivera in danger? If this becomes... If, if this continues? I would say no. Just solely because he's the stabilizing... He is the stabilizing force of that organization. Because that... If we've learned nothing over the past, oh, I don't know, let's go two years. Mm -hmm. That front office is a train wreck. Mm -hmm. I would say no on that, but it's possible. I would think it's greatly possible. I I don't think it would be too long before Ron Rivera starts being looked at like Mike Zimmer in Minnesota. Of your defensive coach, this is supposed to be your job. And who's his defensive coordinator? Jack Del Rio. Exactly. Like, you've got two excellent defensive minds that are supposed to be in charge of this defense, and that's the worst part of your team? And that's saying something because Taylor Heineke's your quarterback. I know maybe some Carolina Panther fans won't like me saying that, but Taylor Heineke's not good. Taylor Heineke was a good XFL quarterback. And he would be again if that league can ever get off the ground. Uh, I believe they're going to start playing games again in 2047. Right. I think they pushed it back three more years now. No, I think they're still on pace for 2022. But That's the way it looks. Right. But but it's bad when your defense has this many superstars on it, and you can't do anything with it. I look at it the same way as Brian Flores in Miami. I, I you, have, have, you have stars on that defense, and you can't do better than this? I have a take on Ron Rivera, and I've said this before, but it's been a really long time. Okay. After the break, there's something about Ron Rivera that really bothers me. And I can't figure out why he gets a pass on this. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. 
Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Hey guys, I'm Ziggy, your local Philly girl, owner of Ziggy's Bakery and Deli. I created a traditional northern deli with only the most authentic cheesesteaks outside of Philadelphia, served with provolone, white American, or cheese whiz. Our other classic deli sandwiches are made with the best quality meats and cheeses, available sliced by the pound. Join us for breakfast for house-made bagels with our custom cream cheeses. Or for something heartier, try a pork roll egg and cheese or house-cured locks. Ziggy's Bakery and Deli, in the corner of Asheville Commons, 1550 Hendersonville Road, open 8 to 3, Tuesday through Saturday. The season we've all been waiting for is here. No, not that one. The season of the Big Orange Tent is underway in Western North Carolina. The area's largest selection of Halloween costumes, decorations, and accessories is at the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. Halloween Express is your one-stop shop for adult and child costumes, superheroes, horror icons, inflatable suits. You can find it all under the Big Orange Tent at the Asheville Mall. 10 to 8 Monday through Saturday, 12 to 6 on Sundays. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington football team. It's a great defensive mind, right? Jack Del Rio, great defensive mind. Why is he, though? Why can't your defense be better? Is he, though? I mean, I would say so. I am convinced the only reason Ron Rivera gets such a pass is because he's such a nice guy. Hmm. Because let's be really honest, he's not a great coach. I said that when Carolina fired him, and there were people that were just laying into me on social media. Mm -hmm. Let's be really honest about this. He has three winning seasons. This is his 10th year as a head coach. If you take away the three winning seasons, he's 47 and 65. Well, 47, 65, and one. Yeah. As a head coach. And the three years he had that he was a winning coach in the NFL. Strength of schedule is 22nd or worse. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've never really understood, in the last six years he's been a head coach. He had the second best defense in yards allowed, mm-hmm. the seventh best defense in yards allowed. Mm-hmm. The other four years, he was never better than 15th. And that was only once. He was in the mid-20s or worse, the other three. Wow. Historically, not been a great defensive coach. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And that's and people like him. He's a great figurehead. He's a great figurehead. People like the way he deals with the media. People like the way that he interacts with his community and you know ingratiates himself. What what did we hear all last season when when the building was darn near on fire for the Washington football team last year? Was the one thing that we kept hearing, and the one thing that we kept saying was that Ron Rivera is the stabilizing force. Ron Rivera is the guy who's going to change the culture. He's basically squeaky clean image-wise. Is that why he gets a pass? I, th- I think it's because he's such a wonderful human. Mm-hmm. Like, we all want to be friends with Ron Rivera, because he strikes me as a guy that would just be a, just a wonderful human. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's not a great coach. He's not. And defensively, you bring in Jack Del Rio, who's not... He's not a great coach, and he hasn't been for a long time. When and your offensive coordinator, Scott Turner, yep. whose claim to fame is Norv Turner. <laughs> Norv Turner's my dad. My dad was one time the coach of the Cowboys. 
And I like Sky. That's the bad thing, though. You almost feel bad saying anything about all of it, mm-hmm. any of the three because they're such good people. Mm-hmm. And then you can personally look at Jason Garrett and go, here's what nobody wants to say. Jason Garrett's a better offensive coach than Scott Turner is, but people don't like him. I, I find it really comical as I go through, I look at staffs, and I've said this with the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They hired a great staff. That leads me to believe that eventually you're going to be really good. And then I look at a team like the Eagles. You hired the coach that would take your job. And he brought in an offensive coordinator that would take your job. Mm -hmm. And he brought in a defensive coordinator that would take your job. (laughs) This is bottom of the barrel. This is who's going to take their shot with a really bad team. And then you just look at look at the good teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, they hired uh, Sean, Sean McDermott. McDermott. What was the greatest thing he ever did? He had a great defense. He brought Leslie Frazier with him. Mm. Had been a coach in the league. Really smart guy. I was going to say, he and was... Brian Dayball. He was a great defensive mind for Ron Rivera when he was in Carolina. Cliff Kingsbury. The card, we had the Cardinals at two. Mm-hmm. You know their defensive coordinator is? Who that? Vance Joseph. He was a coach in the league. Man, Real bad. smart guy. He was bad. He though. was not he was a, a head coach. He was not a good uh, a good head coach. Right. Sean McVay. He's got Raheem Morris. Before that, he had Wade Phillips, and he's got Kevin O'Connell as his offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. These are all good coaches. Have you ever noticed that? That it's seemingly every time you look at a good team, you go, "Those coordinators." They're. Do you really think that's an accident? Like, oh, it's just that the teams are good that make them candidates. No. No. The teams are good because of those coaches. Be really honest with yourself. You're Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Did you think Bruce Arians was a great coach? No. Not not, not even close. And then Tom Brady showed up. Yep. And Todd Bowles showed up. Mm Mm-hmm. And Byron Leftwich showed up. Mm Mm-hmm. It's weird how those things always happen together. Have you ever looked at a coach on Ron Rivera's staff and gone, man, he'd be a great coach? Well, no. Yeah. Who? Sean McDermott. I just gave you that one. Yeah. <laughs> you looked at him when he was on the Panther staff and said he was a great coach. Oh, absolutely. You're literally the only person I've ever met that said that. No. Because the vast majority of us went, well, he'll be fired in three years. Really? Just so happened that he then brought uh, Leslie Frazier with him, and it has worked out <laughs> tremendously. I was super wrong about that. Oh, you didn't think that he would be a good head coach on his own? I didn't think own. he was a head coach. Okay. I thought he was a great coordinator. Right. No, I mean, he was he was a good defensive coordinator who had head coaching aspirations written all over him. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Who's leading the MVP race? We'll get into that. Coming up after sports. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. Yeah, come and get it. ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. I, I have uh, breaking news. Oh, breaking news. I need to hit the button. Wait, wait, hit the button. Who's yeah. The Who's Love this button. Who's gonna break the news? 
I have disabled notifications for Twitter. <laughs> I, am, I, am official, I am officially as of today. I, I can't do you Twitter can't do anymore. anymore. I, can't, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. You can't. I, I I have never been so angry at people I've never met before. Right. People ask me, uh, Tank, why aren't you more involved on Twitter? And I go, uh, have you seen Twitter? Have you ever read any thread that goes viral or somebody's comments that goes viral, like Jeremy's this morning on the Adam Schefter story? Like, I don't want to deal with the stupid. And, and see, there's a part of me that I'm not an angry person. By any stretch. Oh, I am. I know you are. That's actually the funny part of our uh, of our <laughs> partnership is that if you looked at the two of us, you would go, that dude with the mullet looks like he would get mad. Nope. I really don't. Now, you, on the other hand, you get mad, and I just want to go, skr, 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 yep. Yep. Just because you get red-faced. Uh-huh. And I try not to be that guy. I don't like to be the... The anger monster. Which is so funny because people meet us and they have such a wrong dichotomy of the two people that right. we are. Right. I well, will I mean, say, look, I will say, look, there's not, and not much makes me laugh either. A lot of people think they can like come up and tell me jokes because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a stand up. Right. And then I just look at them like, I mean, it was funny, <laughs> but I don't ever laugh ever. No, he doesn't. He makes fun of me because I laugh a lot. This is because it, Irks me. I laugh, you at laugh everything uncomfortably at things that you shouldn't. Because <laughs> that's how I deal with my anger in front of other people. When I'm not in front of other people, I go Mr. Hothead, like the dude from the uh, Inside Out movie. I know you've never seen it, but uh, it, it's a, it's a Disney Pixar movie, and the. It's all about emotions, and they've got this one little anger guy who's just red, and every time he gets angry, just flames shoot out of the top of his head. Like, that's how I get when I'm not around other people. When I get uncomfortable or something's not going my way, you just just laugh it off. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Everybody likes to laugh. Yeah, I, you, you did that the other day and said, I have a flat tire. And I went, that's weird. You, that didn't make any sense at all. If you do that in front of the right people, they'll go, that guy is, is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is something off about him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm the angry guy. Now, and if, I would, if I was on Twitter all the time and I had people just ripping things that I say over and over and over again on Twitter, I would, have, I would go through a phone a week. Now, I, I will say, if you follow me or I follow you on Twitter, I can still see what you say. I am just done. I cannot do this negativity anymore no i am i am a positive person right shut up i saw that look on your face like you were gonna say something <laughs> smart Alec. you're the positive person uh well, they don't know that right yeah they do yeah they do Oops. yeah they do uh, you say people come away with the with, with a different attitude or, a, or or what was it the wrong impression when they see the two of us no i mean i put out there what i want people to see of, oh, my favorite thing that people walk away from is, I thought you were going to be a real jerk. Mm-hmm. And you're actually not. No. I'm opinionated. Mm-hmm. But, a, I, I mean, I value myself to be a reasonably nice guy. For the most part. <clears throat> for, for the most part. That was the best I could have expected for her. <laughs> well, we just had the conversation yesterday of how everybody needs that, uh, that one friend. The oh, guy yeah, who just... Guy. Who just doesn't hold back the one guy who will just be the jerk in the room 
when there's necessary. And Jeremy is that guy. I'm just but very he's very blunt. nice about it. Uh, yeah, he's very nice about it. You get on his good side, everything's good. The funny thing is, people meet my wife and they're like, "Oh, she's so sweet." And I'm like, "Give it a minute," <laughs> because she can say things. She can say mean things in the nicest way possible. Did you turn off your text notifications? Because I feel I have a feeling you're going to get one of those in a second. From my wife? Yeah. Oh no, she's working. <laughs> no, she's working. I can say whatever I want to. Good for, good for you. Good for you. Anyhow, second hour of the program here, always brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check out our friends at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Oh, we do have uh, we do have news on tomorrow night's showdown on Thursday night football between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles. Rob Gronkowski, Levante, David are going to be out. And I'm not worried. <laughs> you shouldn't be. I will say the craziest stat I've seen all day. In Tom Brady's last 10 primetime games, mm-hmm. he's never been less than a field goal favorite, and he hasn't covered one of them. That's, no, remember, that, that was almost hard for me to believe. Well, I mean, think about it. Remember last year we had the... before it's after b- Tommy's bedtime. Right, before they went on the tear, it was, oh, Tommy can't play in primetime. It's past Tommy's bedtime. Look, the old man can't get it done. That still shocks me that he hasn't covered. In 10 primetime games? That's insanity. Absolute insanity. But he is one of the best quarterbacks. Scratch that. One of the best players in the NFL. And I think he's got to be on your short list for MVP. As of right now, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, he is the number five most likely player to win the MVP at plus 900. All right. I mean, completing almost 70% of his passes, he's thrown 15 touchdown passes, he's only thrown two interceptions. It's hard It's hard not to have him on the list. But is he the front runner? No. No. He's not the front runner right now. For you personally, Jeremy, how does your list go? There's a player on this list that it blows my mind they're so low. Oh, on the odds? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lamar Jackson's ninth. Which is dumb. He's behind Pat Mahomes. Which is really dumb. And I get the thought that Pat Mahomes, oh, they're two and three. Hey, y'all watch this. Uh-huh. And they're not going to be able to run. Oh, yeah, Pat Mahomes. I, I get that. I'm just shocked that there is a book somewhere in the country, and you can go to BetUS.com, use our promo code Sportsocracy, and you can get, you can't get these odds, but you can right. get very good odds. Right. Lamar Jackson's plus 2,500. In. And I kind of, you know, okay, I, I'm I'm looking at some, I'm looking at some doubloons that are just sitting in an account, and I'm like, it just seems like it makes a lot of sense because <laughs> I would have Lamar Jackson at two right now. I don't, yeah, yeah, he's two. I was gonna say I don't know that he's not one, but I do know that he's not one. He's not my one. Right he's now. not my one because my one is the same one that I had last year. Justin Herbert. Nope. Kyler Murray? No. Who? Josh Allen. The best player on the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's also the favorite in Vegas at plus 400. Kyler Murray's two at plus 500. Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert are tied for third at plus 700. I don't know. I don't know how you have Lamar Jackson so low on the list. That's he sticking would be in my, my brain. Two. Because, I mean, we gave out the stat yesterday. 1,860 yards total is what Lamar Jackson has this year. That's more than 18 teams in the NFL. 
Now, I get he's the only thing they have. I mean, aside from the receivers, but he's got to be throwing on the ball. So I get it. But still, does that not spell most valuable player? You can't take an average quarterback. You couldn't take the backup quarterback. Who is it, anyway? Who's the backup quarterback in Baltimore now? Tyler Huntley. Tyler, Yeah, you can't put Tyler Huntley quarterback in this team and then be anywhere near relevant. They would be, let's see. Okay, so this week in our power rankings, I did my power rankings. Jeremy does his. We use Jeremy's because, uh, I mean, he's been doing this longer as far as ranking teams and all of that. Now, without, without Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks dropped from middle of the league for me to 23 mm-hmm. because that team is going to be awful. Geno Smith, maybe he can keep the boat afloat for a little bit. Maybe he can keep them competitive. But I don't see them winning many games without Russell Wilson. If you took Lamar Jackson off the Baltimore Ravens, that team would be somewhere for me in between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. That's how bad they would be. They would be in that 22 to... 27 range for me. They wouldn't be that low for me. And, and Lamar Jackson's my two. Kyler Murray is my three. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is my four. Mm-hmm. And no one else is worth talking about. Dak Prescott's probably worth talking about solely because the Cowboys are going to be so good that I could see that moving the needle for media members that vote on this. I don't see a way I'm going to do it. I'm going to level with you. I think there's so many other quarterbacks that are having a better year. I, I went to betus.com mm-hmm. because I was curious what the odds were on Josh Allen. Okay, He's plus 450 and to me it's free money. Barring he gets hurt, it is 100% free money. You could put 100 US dollars on that and come away with 550. Mm-hmm. The 100 you put in plus the 450 you won. Right. And to me it's free money. Because I don't see any way he's not winning. Look at who they play. They play the Titans this week. That's the toughest game they play until the Buccaneers the second week of December. Mm -hmm. They play the Panthers. Four is the Patriots. He's going to throw for 11 jillion yards. And this team may go 15 and two. Mm -hmm. My only fear with the record is that they could have this. They literally might lock this division up before Thanksgiving. They could, because they ain't ain't another team worth talking about in that division. They're not losing another game until December, Mm -hmm. and that's at the earliest. Mm -hmm. And And he's just going to keep racking up Oh, and that could be the ugliest week, whatever, 14 game in the history of time. Matt Barkley against Kyle Trask, the Bills and the Buccaneers. They don't have to play a soul. Josh Allen's got 12 touchdown passes so far on the year, just two interceptions. He's also a threat with his legs. Yeah, he's also run for almost 200 yards. Mm -hmm. And he'll continue to do that. And I think he'll wind up somewhere in that 800 range Mm -hmm. with between 8 and 10 rushing touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's the free spot on the board to me. I would say Kyler's very close. Look at the schedule. For Kyler Murray? It's markedly tougher. Mm-hmm. Just look at the teams in the division. 
Josh oh, Allen yeah. gets the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins. To me, that would be part of the argument, yeah, though. But it's not. It's not, and it, it never is. It's not, and it never is. <laughs> I know it never is. I think you and I had this argument four years ago when we were on Saturdays. I do think it matters. I mean, it would to me as a voter. I'm not saying this is the way this is going to go down. You're probably right. Josh Allen is going to be a shoe-in for the MVP. But I don't know. If Kyler Murray can continue to do the things that he's doing, I mean, he's completing 75% of his passes. I mean, just look at the last five MVPs. Mm -hmm. Last year, Aaron Rodgers. Yep. The NFC North. Dog water. Mm -hmm. Who cared? Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson, the year before that, it was them and the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes. That division was dreadfully bad. I think the second best team in that division had five wins. Right. Brady with the Patriots. Matt Ryan with the Falcons. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's a, this is a stat award. And Josh Allen is going to put up ridiculous numbers. The other thing is that there are players that could take some of the shine away from Kyler Murray because he does have DeAndre Hopkins. He does have, and I'm not saying they would be risked for the MVP. It's just I could see voters looking at the weapons with the Cardinals and going, he's got this tremendous rookie in Rondell Moore, one of the best receivers in the league in, in DeAndre Hopkins. And then you look at Josh Allen and go, uh, he has Stefan Diggs mm-hmm. and some dude with hair like mine. <laughs> Dawson Knox. Yeah. And and Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Right. I see. I think that's what hurts Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has so many elite weapons around him. And the running game is so good that and it opens up so many things in the passing game. And while his stats are going to be insane, because they already are. Yeah, but they're not not to the level that they were. And that's, I think that could hurt Dak. Mm-hmm. He's going to get propped up because he's the quarterback of the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. There's n- Nobody could argue that at all. Can he continue? Kyler Murray might get dinged because he's on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a West Coast MVP in a long time. Oh, man. I, I'm trying to rack my brain now to think of who it, would, who it could be. I'm curious to see if you could remember it. On the West Coast. I'll give you a hint. Now, Patrick Patrick Mahomes doesn't count because he's not on the West Coast. He, he's not, he, he's he's in not the West even Division. in the mountain time zone. <laughs> he's in the West Division, but he's not a West Coast guy. He's in a city you could drive to in eight hours from here. Oh, man. West Coast MVP. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It, well, there were, actually, there were two in back-to-back years, and neither one of them played quarterback. Really? Mm-mm. Sean Alexander? That was the first one. LaDainian Tomlinson was the other one. Holy smokes. That was the year I graduated high school. Right. 2005. Yeah. I had forgotten about LT for a second. There is certainly a West Coast bias that I think would ding Kyler Murray. Yeah. And and I mean, unless you have 27 rushing touchdowns in a season or 28 or whatever it was. Yeah. I I don't think that's going to happen. I don't give many... I, I very rarely say something is surefire. Mm-hmm. I will say Josh Allen to win this thing is as surefire a, a, a wager as you will ever hear. Because barring he gets hurt, there's no shot he doesn't win it. Yeah. Because he could have won it last year. And if you look down the history of this award, there's a lot of times that a guy finishes second, the next year he's equivalently good, and they go, mm-hmm. well, it's his turn. Let's, yeah, it's yeah, his turn to win. Okay. All right. And I was barnstorming for him last year. 
And right. then Aaron Rodgers was just okay. I I mean I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. Right. Uh, I I mean Justin Herbert is obviously going to be in that discussion as well. He's putting up some crazy stats for the L.A. Chargers, and he's going to continue to do that because that's that's what they are. But I mean, if it's not Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Those are the only six that I will entertain at this point. Yeah, and now and then Patrick and I don't Mahomes. Really get that far. And that leaves out Patrick Mahomes. Which did we think that we would be doing that? Five weeks into the season, nonetheless. Right, that Patrick Mahomes would be out of the running for the for the MVP. Now, is that saying he can't go on a second half tear here, and or I guess a three quarters tear here, and end up in the discussion at the end of the year? No, it doesn't. But for now, I guess shortest odds. Or Josh Allen, he's the favorite on every side I've looked and at. I would consider I would consider Lamar Jackson, and you can get him at plus four fifty on betus dot com. Use the promo code Sportsocracy to get one hundred twenty five percent deposit match on your initial bonus. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community. One that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. This is G. Duggaroff, voice of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the sports tank. Fire them cannons. By golly, put more powder in those things. I expect to hear that a lot tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Look at the Buccaneers taking on the Eagles. As I said, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David, they're not going to be playing. It was announced by the team earlier today. We do have promising injury news, though. Tua Tungavailoa. He was at practice today. And could be making his way back of back off of uh, off of IR for this week. Don't care. I, I they're mean, better. I, they're be- I, I think they're better. I think they're better with Tua Tungavailoa. I said it when Jacoby Brissett came in to fill in for him that maybe this team is better with Jacoby Brissett, but I don't think they are. I think they're a bad team regardless. And you got to play Tua. I mean, I think it's minimal either way. Mm-hmm. Not that it's going to translate to a whole bunch of wins here. Well, it's going to translate to one because they play the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> this might be actually a, a, a Tua Tungavailoa fantasy week. Hey, yeah, and you get to you're turning loose Urban Meyer in London. Yeah, always appreciate the grunt. <clears throat> oh, oh no, no, he took he took it there. He actually took it there. Oh, uh, no. we also got news, big news for one of the other. Horrible teams in the NFL. Tyrod Taylor. David Cully said today Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter when he comes back. (laughs) (laughs) I told you. I told you it should be Tyrod Taylor. And David Cully, he's on my side. You know, if I didn't know any better, I would swear the Houston Texans got a bonus for playing 30-year-old players that that are completely irrelevant to the league. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. And now they're uh, they're down another star player. Laramie Tunsil's out. He had to have surgery, so he's going to be gone for a while. Now you're down to Brandon Cooks and nobody, baby. <laughs> I swear to you, we could play. We could play a game with players 
listed on the depth chart of their defense? Why have we not done this already? I don't know because I guarantee you. Like I'm just curious. Could you even tell me what position Davion Davis plays? Cornerback. Nope. Safety. No. Defensive. No. Offensive. I don't know why you would say that way. So I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> Offensive running receiver. <laughs> <laughs> he is a wide receiver. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, only because you were watching my face. <laughs> oh, it's just it's it's terribly awful. Here's my other question that yeah. I and I've had this with the Texans for several weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many quarterbacks are on their roster right now? Four. No. Two? Yeah. Okay. And Tyrod Taylor isn't one of them. Right, he's on IR. I've always wondered, what would Houston do if Davis Mills went down? Here comes Deshaun Watson! Like, do they look at Phillip Lindsay and go, hey, you want to get on the field? I know we don't let you run the ball, but do you want to throw it? Hey, Denver did it last week, or last year, so... I've wondered that for a couple weeks. Like, surely they've got another quarterback somewhere stashed right. away. Like the punter used to play quarterback or something. Right. I haven't found one. Well, I'm sure there are 12 guys on this team that played quarterback in high school. So. Uh, that does seem to be very common in the NFL. Yeah. If I've learned anything, wide receivers, there are a lot of them that played quarterback. And every time I see them line up to throw... It is. They're almost always perfect. Mm-hmm. Because they know this is my one shining moment. Was it Cedric Wilson that threw a pass last week? Yep. And it was perfect. Mm-hmm. He couldn't have handed it to the receiver any better. Well, look, if they played quarterback in college, we would know about it. Like Kendall Hinton last year for the Denver Broncos. We all knew he played quarterback in college, and so that made sense. Like Antoine Randall L. Antoine Randall L. always played that, you know, that, that sneaky role for the F- Pittsburgh Steelers for years because, hey, you know, what, what was it, Temple? Is that where he went to college? Antoine Randall L. Indiana? Indiana. Indiana. I had red in my mind. I'm not going to lie. You were talking, and I just, you I just faded off. out. Yeah, you just faded away. I was singing an Ariana Grande song in my head. Just, <laughs> there I went. Ariana Grande, really? I couldn't it's name funny. one song she's ever done, but she's in a little advertisement on the side of my computer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See, this is how, this is how easily he gets distracted. It, it is, and I'm so tired. So, I mean, at this point, if you... If you do any kind of advertising and you want to get me right now, just yeah. make it blink because that's enough to completely throw me off. But my uh, my overall thought here is though, of course, there are so many guys in the NFL that played quarterback in college because or in high school because that's that's that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Most most of the time, your most athletic guy is going to be your quarterback. So somebody knows at least how to throw a football. I know this is totally off topic to what we're talking about. Who but cares? I, I, you know what? Today you've already derailed it. Why I, not? <laughs> uh, we've had an Ariana Grande reference. We right. talked about. We opened an hour with my Twitter account. Like, right. ah, it's fine. Uh, it, I don't know how many people that listen to our show actively wager on these games. If you don't, this is the way. This is the week to do it. I am looking at some of the numbers in the NFL this week, just going, "How in the world is that not going to cover?" <laughs> Oh, like, I don't know, the Los Angeles Chargers? That's the one I told you earlier. Uh huh. That's probably the one that makes the most sense. For the Chargers to be a three point dog mm-hmm. to the Baltimore Ravens? West Coast team coming east. I at least ah, get that. Ah, okay. 
What else you got? I mean, some of them, I'm just looking at going, how? But but how? How are the Green Bay Packers only a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Chicago Bears? Well, I mean, because the Bears just beat the Raiders, and we think they're good. If they, made, the, if they made the Packers play with seven players and they could be tackled by pulling out their flag, I would still take the Packers by two touchdowns. But did you not say the same thing about the Green Bay Packers last week when they played the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I, I remember you I saying did, that. But there's a big difference between the Bears and the Bengals. True. Secret one has time? an offense, the other one doesn't. Yeah, Vegas likes the Bears better, and I think that is stupid. Mm-hmm. How did I become the one defending the Bengals? What bizarro world did we walk into when we switched studios? I don't know. Ever since we walked through that door, the Bengals have been good, and I've been nice to them. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's happening. Well, look, and I, it's. It's hard to continually disrespect people or a team when they give you reasons not to. Yeah, so and a three-point three loss to the Green Bay Packers, you got to give respect to that regardless of how bad you think the team is. Speaking of uh, those Cincinnati Bengals, they're only a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Detroit Lions. Yep. Every time I say Detroit Lions, I want to say it in the tractor pull voice. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday! Detroit Lions getting slaughtered by the Cincinnati Bengals. Why is that? Because uh, that's how you think their coach talks. Yes, yeah, that's exactly why it is. <laughs> Sponsored by Monster Energy Drinks. Uh, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I think I like the Lions in that game. I mean, I know it's not our day to pick games, but I understand. I'm not. I'm not wowed by that. This the Detroit the- Lions have played everybody close. You put them up against a team that's not great. They might be good. Of course, it's going to be a close spread. This is the tightest week of lines I've seen. There's 14 games. There's only two that are that are a touchdown or more. Well, what did I what did I say at the at the end of last hour? 21 games so far in the NFL this year have been a one a a, a three point spread. In the end. So, of course, all these games are going to be close. And that's an overcorrection, and I'm going to make a lot of doubloons on it this week. <laughs> now, were they doing this with, say, the Rams and the Giants, I would say you're drunk, Vegas, but they're not. They are. That's only a nine-and-a-half-point spread. Yeah. With the Giants having no one. Well, Daniel Jones will play. I don't care. I meant someone good. Kadarius Tony Gone. Oh yeah, Kadarius Tony. Uh, that's one. Hmm. Wonder who's going to defend him. I wonder if it rhymes with Waylon Ramsey. Because <laughs> that's who I'd put on him you personally. Think, really? I'd go. Uh, okay, so you got Colin Johnson, Kadarius Tony. Oh, that's that kid that it just jukes everybody out of their shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's put the meanest corner we have on him. Rest of that receiver core doesn't look too imposing. So Jalen, right there, Sterling Shepard. Will he be back gonna, this week? I didn't know he's going to play. I don't know. I know he's been out for a couple of weeks, but he's got to be close. They I didn't act- put him on IR, so he's got to be close. Yeah, I'll, secret time. I actually thought Sterling Shepard's real name was Sterling Questionable Shepard for about the mm-hmm. first three years he was in the league. Mm-hmm. It was just always beside his name, so I assumed that was part of it. Right. What other lines are you wowed about? I'm just I'm amazed at how tight some of them are. Like mm-hmm. Kansas City's only a touchdown favorite against Washington. Are you out of your mind? Well, that's special. They will beat them by a bajillion points. 
they will try to qualify after what Buffalo just did to them. And who's going to well, stop I mean, Tyreek Hill? Well, I mean, Tyreek Hill didn't practice today. I so don't maybe. care if Tyreek Hill doesn't <laughs> figure, figure out where his jersey is until 12.59 on Sunday. He's going to play, and he's going to score <laughs> multiple times. Love Travis Kelsey this week, too. I love every player. For, I would probably play... I might play the punter for the Chiefs this week. He might throw a touchdown. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. All right, Jeremy, have you ever heard of an Asian arowana? A what? An Asian arowana. No, I have not. The Asian arowana commonly named the dragonfish, is a symbol of wealth and prosperity in China and in Japan. It has glimmering scales. It's said to have a spiritual aura. It's, it's what they would call a luxury ornamental fish. It's, 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 it's very sought after. If you have one of these, it's like a, it's like a status statement. Now, the Asian arowana is very rare, and it is an endangered species. And so if you have one of these, and you don't live in China or Japan, you probably paid a boatload of money to have it. Like, you have to get special permission from certain countries to have this thing sent in. Well, in Indonesia, that is exactly the case. You have to get special permission to have it, to, to own one of these things. And there was a spat that went very viral on social media when a woman very irked at her husband because he wouldn't do his chores. She did the ultimate diss. He refused to clean the fish tank. And so to send the message that the fish tank has to be cleaned, she did the one logical thing that you would do. She fried the arowana and she ate it. <laughs> she took this guy's fish and she battered it and she fried it and she ate it. And she documented it on social media and everyone lost their minds. All the animal oh, rights activists. I mean, it's a fish. So, I mean... It was not a. It's not a pleasant sounding fish. Who doesn't li- love fried fish? I I don't. You don't like fried fish? No. Oh wow. Okay. All right. Well, I like whatever. one kind of fish, and I don't like it fried. What? Mahi mahi. That's it. That's the only fish you oh, like. Oh yeah, and I Weird. like that a lot. Weird. I love fish. All kinds of fish. Shellfish, flatfish, and I like shellfish, big fish, redfish, bluefish, whatever. I love fish. Now. She wanted to punish her husband because he wouldn't clean the fish tank. So she documented it. And, of course, animal rights activists lost their minds. Not as many of them, though. I mean, it would been different if, like, say I had done this with our dog. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't again, do that. that's doing that's crimes. crimes. That's crimes. Don't you do don't crimes. do crimes. Uh, but here, here's, the, here's the real kicker of this thing. So I've told you how important this fish is and how it's seen as, you know, a sign of wealth and prosperity and all of that. You have any idea what one of these fish costs? No. 300,000 U.S. doll hairs. And she fried it and ate it. 
that would not be a good day. D-I-V-O-R-C-E. That's where we go with that one. Wow. Wow. Here's the thing. Do your chores. Don't take off your wife. It, this has nothing to do with the story you just asked, but I have to know. Okay. You're one of those weird people that eats fish sticks, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I would eat. I would literally. I would eat the, the our soundboard covered in <laughs> olives and mushrooms before I would eat a fish stick. For those of you that don't know, those are the two foods that I am the most vocal about being repulsed by. With the right amount of tartar sauce, every fish stick tartar is sauce consumable. Is You're weird. From the guy who loves pickles and mayonnaise. Yep. And tartar sauce is gross. That's weird. I also love Thousand Island salad dressing just for posterity's sake. Not that it's the same thing, no. but it's close enough. Yeah, it's weird. It's That's ketchup and pickles. That's strange. Plus, uh, you know, I will always back the one man that you can trust. It's the Gorton's fisherman. Uh, yeah, I, I can't eat, eat a fish beak. I just can't. And, and that's what I've always figured <laughs> a fish beaks. beak is. Fish beaks. Since, I mean, it's fish feet and fish beaks. That's, I, I'm out. <laughs> no, I mean, you ever wonder why like you never see fish. beaks or, fi- or feet on a fish? Because mm-hmm. they've cut them off and turned them into fish sticks. Yep. Anything? There's at least one parent right now that's having to explain things to their children, and I didn't mean for that to be a thing, and I, I'm sorry. I will eat anything that swims in the ocean. How about that? Don't matter. Oct- w- octopi, uh, sea urchins. Yeah, I won't. I'm fat. I'm not picky. If I can't get it out of Carabas, I'm out. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's your measurement for fish. Yeah. Also, that uh, that that tilapia thing. That uh, 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 oh yeah. No. Oh, no. Yeah. No. 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 I mean, the only way I won't eat tilapia if it's one of the ones that's caught out of uh, uh, Lake Julia. At Lake Julia. Yeah. I've always assumed they all are. What? I, I, well, because all I've tilapia never, are caught well, out of Lake well, Julian. I mean, I've spent a lot of time at the, at the beach in my life, and I've never had somebody go, "Hey, look, there's a tilapia." And yes, I say it that way. And if you don't want me to, <laughs> spell it differently. <laughs> I've, I've just never had that happen. Okay. I also learned yesterday there's a fish called a mullet. Uh-huh. I did not know that. There is. I don't know that I've ever eaten one, but if somebody wants to send me some fried mullet, I'll I'll give it a try. Yeah, you eat sardines, so you're. Your right to set menus is off the table. Anchovies, love it. I am a huge fan of real estate. It's something that interests me. I'm really into what people would buy. And if you need to buy real estate in this town, ClarissaSellsWNC.com. She's the best realtor, according to Asheville Police Chief David Zach, in the world. There's something for sale not that far from here, and I want to investigate it a lot. Okay. It's in Maury County, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea where that is? Maury County, no. I, I have no idea what that is. I mean, it's one state over, so it couldn't be that hard to figure out. Uh, but as of earlier this week, the town of Water Valley, which is in Maury County, is available to be purchased. The entire town. How much do you think the entire town is worth? And you would think this had to be a very extensive purchase, yeah. right? Yeah, like $3.5 million at least. Oh, I would have thought it was markedly more than that. It's seven hundred and twenty-five thousand, <laughs> and I want to do it a lot. The tiny Tennessee town consisting of a home, four general stores, and a barn is being listed for sale with an asking price of seven hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. The home is Creekside. There is a creek that rolls right through this town. It is a certified town. 
It does not have a town hall or anything like that, but it is on the plot book. Okay. I don't know what that term means, but I'm assuming people that do real estate do. And you get four general stores. Just nice. regular. Oh, they were all built prior to 1900. Okay. And the the uh, Krista Schwartz. Wait, 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 wait. They were built prior to 1900? Mm-hmm. Well, that is probably why they're seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, and I would agree with that, except they all have updated wiring and plumbing. Or two of the four have updated wiring and plumbing. Sorry, <laughs> two of the four. Sorry, Do- <laughs> I missed a word there. So that the was other really two important. still have outhouses and lanterns. Quite, quite possibly. <laughs> the listing suggests the property could become a bed and breakfast or be put to other residential or commercial use. Uh huh. What's, what's the name of this town? Uh, Water Valley, Tennessee. Huh. Interesting. And say, I just, I want to go buy this and get myself a sash and a mustache and call myself the mayor. No, uh uh-uh. I I do. Oh, I know you do, but I don't think it's a sound investment. No. My my wife is a financial planner. I would bring this to her and she would go, I like your idea to break the Guinness Book of World Records for hitting bars more than that. (laughs) Which, by the way, she didn't love, but she was was all down for it. Really? We will have information on that very soon. I figured out the path last night. I couldn't sleep, and I went, how many of these are in a very small... Oh, man, we do live in Beer City, USA. Mm-hmm. Maury County, by the way, is just just south of Nashville. Oh, I'm that close to you Nashville? You are that close to Nashville. In. I'll live in the weird outhouse general store. I don't care. Maury County is uh, is a county away. So you got Nashville, and then another county, and then Maury County. Now, I have no idea. It doesn't show up on the map, obviously, this little quaint, antiquated, Wild West town that you're talking about. Why do I have that in my mind? There's like, in this town, there's a dirt road going down the middle of it, and there are two saloons. Oh, I would be totally down for that. We would start the 51 bars in uh, 12 hours there. At my two saloons. I don't think you could do that because you'd have to drive at least another hour to get to the others. Nah, it's just south of Nashville I get there. <laughs> Trust me, I've been to Nashville. Now, you want to talk about a town that you could really break this? Nashville. They have 60 bars on the same street. I just saw it. Yeah. It's but nice I want to do it in, in our hometown of Beer City. Beer City should own the record for the person that's been to the most bars in, the, in a 12-hour period. Absolutely. And I... I will be that you man. You will be that man. Not the hero that you need, but not the hero that you want, but maybe the hero that you need. <laughs> uh, it's the last need that you need. Just I can tell up. you that. Yeah, hey, here's the thing. I got to talk about going to bars and Batman in the same sentence. So for me, yeah, yeah, that's a great way to leave another scar on your liver. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> I think I tapped out on my 60s quite some time ago. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. It is time for something to chew on with Caleb P. This is your time-saver traffic on the new ESPN Asheville. Hang on. And a gold glove play here. A magical play and a strike to Swanson in the double play. All right, let's try this again. Now it's time for something to chew on with Caleb Peake. You know, on the big league roster, get him in there to figure out what you got. Wow, what a play by Matzik! Oh, man! And a gold glove play here. A magical play and a strike to Swanson in the double play. 
turned nicely. A gold glove play for the Braves all around the horn. Watch this, fellas. Oh, my. <laughs> Come on. I mean, he just flagged that down behind his back. <laughs> this is Chew on That, brought to you by Ingalls Markets. Low prices, love the savings. I'm Caleb Peak, and I know, I know, that audio you just heard may not have been from last night's Were You There When It Happened conclusion to the Braves Brewers NLDS. In fact, that audio isn't from the postseason at all. It's from much earlier this season, May 9th to be exact, and this little web gem was shiny enough to earn MLB Play of the Week honors at the time. But as I watched the Braves and Brewers over the past week, this is the play that I kept flashing back to over and over again in my head. Before May 9th, hell, even up until the postseason started, nobody, even most of the Braves faithful, knew who Tyler Matzek was. But that was the date I knew that the Atlanta Braves had exactly zero hope of locking down their first World Series title in 26 years without Matzek on the mound. There's just something different about this guy. And I've got a hunch and a half of what that something is. Sure, getting to lift the commissioner's trophy is motivation enough for every major leaguer. Being able to sport a diamond-encrusted championship ring that straddles the line between glitzy and gaudy is obviously in the back of everyone's mind. And every player lives for primetime, knowing that all eyes and all television cameras will be trained squarely on them. You don't get this far in baseball without being guilty of at least a little vanity. But the way that Tyler Matzek is playing and the way that he's holding himself right now, there's one ultimate factor that's behind his masterpiece of an NLDS and frankly his superb season so far. Tyler Matzek is trying to get paid because this is probably his last chance. Even if his performance as of late wasn't worth anything, Matzek's story is worth a few bucks all by itself. Drafted in 2009 by the Rockies, he was a minor league all-star in 2010, not to mention a two-time South Atlantic League Pitcher of the Week with the Asheville Tourists. And Matzek spent the early part of his career earning every cent of a $3.9 million signing bonus. But here's the kicker. That 3.9 mil on his rookie contract is the most money Tyler Matzek has ever made. By all accounts, Matzek got inside his own head early in 2015 when Walt Weiss and the Rockies demoted him down to AAA. By 2016, he was out of the game entirely. But when Walt Weiss joined up with Brian Snitker in Atlanta as a bench coach, Tyler Matzek was one of the first names he called up. The Braves are single-handedly responsible for resurrecting his career. At first, on a salary of five. $563,500 in 2020 before giving him a raise to $600,005 in 2021. That's what Matt Zek is making right now, $600,500. Trevor Bauer, you know, the one who hasn't pitched since June 28th, is making $102 million over three years. By Major League standards, Tyler Matzek may as well be working for tips. You think that isn't having an impact on what we've seen over the last four games? You think Matt Zek, at 31 years of age, isn't dwelling on the fact that he's no longer a millionaire? You think the wasted years and the lost seasons aren't burning a hole inside this man? You're wrong. But you'd be forgiven for feeling that way. Just by watching Tyler Matt Zek's body language, you'd think it was still May 9th instead of the first round of the postseason. The guy was unflappable and equally as emotionless. Two innings of work? Easy. Three innings of relief? Even better. 
Umpire made a terrible call on a ball that should have been strike three. No problem. Matt Zek just came right back with an even better pitch to ring him up on the next one. And while every pitcher has his own way of expressing himself, the Tyler Matt Zek approach is just old school baseball. It's the classic lunch pail mentality that's becoming more and more of an anomaly in professional sports. Show up with confidence, get the job done, and get off the job site. There's no chest pounding. There's no gesturing and hand signs. There's no elaborate handshakes. There's just Tyler Matzek sitting people down in an orderly fashion. Now, whether this incredible streak that Matzek is riding continues through the NLCS against San Francisco or Los Angeles remains to be seen. Each individual series is only a chapter in the greater volume that is the book of Major League Baseball. But I expect more of the same from the left-handed middle reliever for the Atlanta Braves, since statistically speaking, he shouldn't even be here in the first place. His organization abandoned him. He's never signed more than a one-year contract in the entirety of his career. Like I said, until this series between the Brewers and Braves, most people had no clue who this guy was. Tyler Matzak wants to be a millionaire again, and one more series like the NLDS will certainly make him one. Bring a World Series title back to Hotlanta, and they might give him the keys to the city, too. I'm Caleb Peak. That's something to chew on. I'm Tank Spencer. Jeremy Green is alongside here in the Ingalls studio, ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM. At 1400, we had a, a very big announcement made today in the world of college football. Spencer Rattler's dad says they're going to wait till after the season to make the call on whether or not he's going to go into the NFL draft. Uh, I, I currently think Lincoln Riley is going to make that decision for you. I know, I know, he's a college kid, and and maybe we should lay off a little bit, but I can't help it. But I can't help but think. I mean this this kid was talked about as one of the big quarterback prospects in this next class, and in seven weeks. He has lost his starting job. They're going to be starting a true freshman over him now. Um, he still thinks he's on the NFL radar? That's the that's the most tone-deaf thing I've heard today. We'll be making a decision after the season's over. Give me a break. We all know where this is going. Like He may transfer. He may go to the NFL. And he may stay with the team. I don't think so. I think you said he's going to transfer wrong. Because that's what they do now. That's what college athletes do now. You lose your job, guess what? I'm going to transfer and I'm going to play somewhere else next year. Maybe Spencer Rattler ends up as the quarterback for SMU. And puts up a whole bunch of numbers and gets back on the radar of the NFL. But I don't think backup quarterbacks, there's a real big market in the first round for you. I don't care who you play for. Oh, yeah. there's To me, he is completely undraftable. Right. Anyhow, it's, uh, it's, it's been a fun day. It's been a busy day here in the, uh, in the Ingalls studio. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Jeremy Green. And, of course, we'll be back with you tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Uh, no Braves game today because the Braves closed it out yesterday. Now, of course, we'll have your coverage of the Braves' ALC, or excuse me, NLCS run coming up here on ESPN Asheville when it gets kicked off later this week.